Caitlin, I introduced myself a little bit in the announcements. I am one of the pastors here. I do a lot with kids ministry and groups ministry, and so you don't often get to see me up here on stage teaching, but I am on the teaching team, as you can see there. And I am really excited because I am excited to talk about the Holy Spirit today. Um, I think if you would have asked me to talk about the Holy Spirit even as much as like six months ago, probably would have had a hard pass, a hard no. Um, and I'll get to why that is. But I am excited today because I've been learning a lot and I'm excited to share that with all of you today too and hopefully help some of you feel a little less intimidated and unlock the unknown as our slide says about the Holy Spirit. Um, last week, in case you missed it, this is the second week of a two or a three-part series, I believe. Um, don't hold me to that, could be more. Um, but you missed last week, you can check it out on the line. Pastor Taylor, was up here and he spoke on the transformative power of the Holy Spirit and just all the ways that um, really the supernatural ways that the Holy Spirit can work in our lives. Um, and something I wanted to kind of add to that and continue that conversation was, you know, really it's not anything that human effort can do. Human effort cannot produce supernatural results. It just can't happen. You can try really hard, but those transformative things that many of you have maybe seen in your own lives that we get to hear about in the stories of baptism that Pastor Taylor gets to witness and many of you, those supernatural things are not a result of the effort that we are putting in as humans. And so I'm going to kind of continue that conversation about how we get that transformative power. Right? What do we have to do? How do we unlock this in our lives? And I think it really comes down to building a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Taylor shared some um, action items last week. I'm going to share them twice, so in case you missed them, that you can see them. We have some resources. So he shared these last week. We're going to talk about them a little more today. But just ways to dive in and learn more. Because if we don't understand something, oftentimes we're going to avoid it or minimize it in our lives. Right? And so these are some ways to get started with that. Um, we have reading John chapter 14 through 15, which we're going to get into today. Again, then a couple books on there. And then the Holy Spirit Bible Project is some classes and videos. Um, the book that I read or listened to was Don't Miss Out by Janine Cunyon. It's like onion with a K. That's how I remember it. Janine Cunyon. And um, it's actually free on Audible, at least for Prime members. I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, it was $0 when I purchased it on Audible. So really, you're not out much if you want to download that and listen to it kind of like a podcast in the car. Um, but that's what I'm going to be talking from a lot today, because that's what really spoke to me. And like I said, I didn't fully understand the Holy Spirit. And maybe some of you sitting in these seats or watching online, find yourself in the, that place too. And when we don't understand something, like I said, we can avoid and minimize it. Like a lot of things in life, I don't really understand how to like assemble things properly in the household. Um, I don't know if it's like the tools thing, but I really think it's just following the directions. It's a lot to take in. And so I tend to avoid those tasks. For example, our child is what, uh, five, six months old now, our youngest, and he just now got his crib put together, <laughs> which thanks to my husband for doing that because I still would be avoiding that task, right? I think there's a lot of ways that we can see that play out in our own lives of things that we tend to avoid. And I think the Holy Spirit is one of them because it's complicated. It feels intimidating. Um, at least for me, that's how I felt. And because I didn't fully understand, I just avoided, right? 
I think that the Holy Spirit can be a lot like the third child, right? Whether you want to say that it's the middle child or not, I'm not going to um, box the stereotypes in too much. But usually when you have multiple children, one can sometimes get forgotten, right? Maybe a household you grew up in. Um, I'm the youngest of my family, so I fully embrace that energy of like, give me some more marshmallows. <laughs> I'm going to sit on the sideline. It's very much me, I'm not even gonna lie. Um, But a family that I grew up with, they had three girls and they still to this day like joke about, you know, like ha ha, still kind of funny, maybe still hurts the soul a little, um, that their parents would forget one of them at the park, at a restaurant, at church on Sunday morning. Um, And so sometimes that can happen, right? And I think the Holy Spirit, when we think about the Trinity, the three parts of God, the Holy Spirit can kind of be that forgotten child. And so today, we're going to kind of talk about why that is. And I'm going to start with my understanding of what the Holy Spirit is. And maybe some of you can relate to this, like I said. Um, I'm going to use this little whiteboard, and I was going to prepare it ahead of time, so it was low pressure for my drawings and stuff, but you just get to come along on the ride. (laughs) So exciting day for all of us here. Um, Something that I grew up with, the Holy Spirit, is that when they talk about the Holy Spirit in church, right, they talk about the Holy Ghost, the ghost, the Holy Ghost. And that is just confusing in and of itself for a lot of people, especially for me growing up. And then they picture the Holy Spirit, right? When we, if, even if you Google image search the Holy Spirit and you see what comes up, it's like dove, 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 um, a cloud, dove, 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 like lots of birds, lots of birds going on here. And so that to me was like, if someone said Holy Spirit, what do I picture in my mind? I picture the Holy Ghost, so a ghost, or dove. So that's what we're going to start with here. A lovely little drawing. It's going to be kind of like the little Snapchat ghost, maybe. How's that? We'll give him some eyes. He's a happy. He's holy. So better have a smile on his face. And then a dove. This one we're going to keep more simple because that's all I got. You know, the little M birds you draw. It's like Bob Ross in the sky. Okay. So the Holy Spirit, for me, was the, when I picture it in my head, a ghost or a dove, right? So that's what we started off with. And then um, he can be portrayed in many ways, too, like fire and water, um, lots of different symbols, right? And then the other thing that I knew about the Holy Spirit going in was that we have a trinity, right? Three parts, one God. That's a lot to unpack. So I knew that the Holy Spirit was one-third of the trinity, Um, We had God, the creator. We have Jesus, the son of God, fully human, fully God. And then we had the Holy Spirit. So I knew that there was one third of this Trinity triune God, and that's what the Holy Spirit is. So I got that. And then the last part that I really heard about the Holy Spirit, when I thought about who do I hear talking about the Holy Spirit, um, where do I see this playing out, it's in people saying, like, I'm filled with the Spirit, or I have the gift of the Spirit, or the power of the Spirit, right? And who are those people that are usually saying that or demonstrating that? Pastors, right? At least in my experience. Worship leaders, People that we see um, kind of in leadership roles, maybe we're putting them up on a pedestal, that those people have the power of the Holy Spirit, right? They're the ones talking about it, the ones usually demonstrating it, right? So for this one, I'm going to draw a whole self-portrait of Taylor. Just kidding. (laughs) Definitely not going to do that. So this one I'm just going to call the elite. Oh, maybe I should go, actually, let's go 
VIP, very important people. So the, mostly because I don't want to try to spell elite on stage. <laughs> Realizing in the moment that was going to get a little more complicated for me. Not my strength. Uh, but the VIP Christians, right? Those are the people who have the Holy Spirit. And so this is the picture that I'm working with as I'm trying to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And because of this misunderstanding, these created some pretty big barriers for me. Because this actually isn't what the Holy Spirit is. This is what the Holy Spirit is not. Hate to break it to you if that's also kind of where you fall. But today, we are going to debunk some of these myths. We're going to jump in and we're going to learn together. Because again, how do we experience that transformative power in our lives And how do we build a relationship with the Holy Spirit if we think we're building this relationship with a ghost or dove, right? Or if we think that it's not even available to us because we aren't VIP Christians, so we don't have access to that. Those are huge barriers. So we're going to break those down and learn what or who the Holy Spirit actually is. We're going to go back to John 14. So if you have your Bibles, you want to follow along in the Bible app, that is where we're going to be today for most of the time. John 14. And Pastor Taylor preached out of here um, last week. Stephanie did in Cedar Rapids too, because um, this is a part of the Bible where John, the author of John, is um, depicting for us Jesus's Last Supper. He is telling um, his disciples, the people who have been following him um, for so long, people that have given up their families, left their jobs behind to follow Jesus. And he is telling them now, like, sorry guys, but I'm predicting my own death. I'm going to die soon. And I'm going to leave you. And their world is just mind blown. Their world is shattering before them. And Of course, though, because our God is good and amazing in so many ways, he doesn't just leave us empty-handed. He tells his followers, and he tells them, I am leaving you with something special, a gift for you. And that was the Holy Spirit, right? So in this verse, that is what we're reading. We're reading Jesus's words to his disciples um, after he's told them he's going to leave, but hey, I'm not leaving you empty-handed. And so it says, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Taylor talked a lot about that word advocate, right? That is the Holy Spirit, our advocate. And he says it's also called the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him at this point, right? At the time that Jesus is talking, he's saying this is something radical. This is something new that um, the world doesn't really know about. But you, you my followers, you my disciples, you will know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. He lives with you and in you. So we're going to just kind of pull some things out of this verse today that help us kind of debunk these myths. And the first one we're going to start with is our ghost and our dove, right? That that is who the Holy Spirit is. Now, when we read this verse, it doesn't say that um, the world cannot accept the ghost because it neither sees the ghost nor knows the ghost or the dove. You know, it doesn't really fit in there. Instead, Jesus uses personal pronouns, personal pronouns like him, because the Holy Spirit is a person. 
And I don't know why when I learned that, that was just, my mind was blown a little bit. Because I think for so long, I've just imagined the spirit as something that we just talk about. It's like a saying, right? Um, A saying or a symbol, but really it's a person. He is a person. We give him personal pronouns here to describe that. And in the Bible, they use a lot of symbols to help with our understanding. So the Holy Spirit is symbolized, right? Because you're right, we can't see him. So we use those symbols for understanding. But if we reduce the Holy Spirit to a symbol, if we um, kind of create a box around him and keep him just confined to a symbol, then we're going to really miss out on what the Holy Spirit has in store for us the relationship that we could be having if we're reducing the Holy Spirit to just a symbol. And this Holy Spirit isn't just, um, we can't just say it's just a person. A person has a personality, right? And I want to kind of demonstrate that for you. So I'm going to jump into Romans chapter 8. So Romans in chapter 8, verse 26 through 27 is what I'm going to read here. And this is um, Paul writing, I believe, and he kind of gives some personality to the Holy Spirit. So when I read this, I want you to imagine what does this say about the Holy Spirit's personality to us? In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. There's some verbs in there, right? He intercedes for us. He knows our weaknesses, and he's working for us. And if you think of the people in your life that intercede for you, like who's going to step in front of a bullet for you, right? Like that's probably extreme, but that's like the first thing I think of when I think like intercedes for us, works for our good. Like think of the people that would do that for you in your life. Some pretty important people that you have close and strong relationships with. And we can have that with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is not a ghost or a dove. It is equal part God. Equally God. So debunk that one. Check that off the list. It's equal parts God because just as we have a relationship with God and with Jesus, we can have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, because he has a personality. He's a person. You know, start picturing that in your head. I think it really goes a long way. And that kind of leads us into our next point here, that um, the Holy Spirit is one-third of God, right? That's not completely wrong. Some of you are probably, like, really thinking on that one as we get going here. Like, yeah, he, he's one-third of God. You're right. Like, that's not wrong. Don't cross that one off the list. But I want to kind of maybe reimagine how we're thinking of the Trinity a little bit, of this three-in-one God. Because I don't think that we place equal value on all three of those aspects. If we really think about it, even like the teaching team, we've talked about this too, like how much have we been talking about the Holy Spirit from the stage, right? How many times have you heard us talk about God and about Jesus, but maybe not directly about the Holy Spirit, because maybe we haven't even been placing equal value on him, right? That forgotten, that forgotten child. And when we think about the way that the Bible is laid out, we have 
um, in the beginning, God created, right? And all through that first part of the Bible, God is working. God is the one that is talking to the people. He's the one that is um, sending down the Holy Spirit to be with them, really, just one by one individuals for feats of strength and power. And God is the one that we're talking about a lot. And then God says, I'm sending someone. And then we have Jesus, right? So we move on to the next part of the Bible where Jesus is fully human. He's born, he's here, he's walking on earth. Then he dies on the cross. And then the last little portion of the Bible, right? The Holy Spirit comes down and we get to see the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of his followers. And honestly, that's where a lot of action happens. A lot of multiplication, right? The church is growing. Big things are happening. People are doing stuff. But it seems like just this little section. So I can see how maybe people think that the Holy Spirit doesn't have an equal value because it's not equally covered in the Bible. But you can kind of think that the Holy Spirit may be last, but he's definitely not the least. I mean, imagine, like, if you have kids or even nieces, nephews, grandkids, just imagine, like, if you were going to assign them in their birth order, right, in the order that they were created, um, you are number one, you are the most important, number two, number three, you're just the least, so sorry, so sorry to break it to you, but, you know, you came along last, and that's just how, how it goes, it's just silly, right? So it's the same with the way that we see kind of it play out in the Bible. Holy Spirit may be the last one we really talk about, but definitely not the least of the Trinity. And the Trinity's always been something, this triune three-part God, that I think is really complicated, um, even for me, and so I imagine for other people too. And when I was reading Don't Miss Out, she kind of utilizes another preacher's um, kind of analogy for this, right? That really stuck with me and made sense. Um, And so I'm going to kind of show this. I was going to try to flip the whole board, but sorry, low entertainment value. I'm not going to attempt that today. A little too risky. But she talks about how sometimes when we think of the Trinity, we think of one plus one plus one equals, well, oh, someone said one. Yeah, you may be, I see what you're getting at there, but no, check your math, it is three. So one plus one plus one equals three. So we've got God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, three and one. We got it, right? And that would equal out to what I said earlier, that the Holy Spirit is one third of God. But really, this is where, this is what gets me. It's one times one times one equals one. Look at you guys and your math skills. So multiplying the power for one God. It's not one third. The Holy Spirit isn't just a third, a piece of God. The Holy Spirit is God. They can't exist without each other. They are God. Just as much the Holy Spirit is equal to Jesus, is equal to God. Think about that. Is that really how you've been treating the Holy Spirit in your life as one times one times one equals one? Right? It hasn't for me. I've been a one-thirder over here. We can coin that phrase. Right? So when we really think about it like that, it even says it in the Bible verse that we are in, in John 14. We're going to go back to that Bible verse, maybe. Yes. And so, and in there it says that um, I'm going to send you, 
he will give you another advocate. So he says, Jesus says, I'm going to send you another advocate. I'm going to send you someone else to be your helper. But it's not just another advocate, because if we actually look at what word is originally used there for another, right? Because we translate all this to English. And so sometimes some of this gets a little lost. But the word that they're using there for another is actually alon. I could totally be saying that wrong. But that is the word that they're using. And it means another of the same kind. Jesus isn't just saying, I'm going to send you, you know, something else to help you fill the void when I'm gone. He's saying, I'm going to send you another of the same kind as me. Not similar, but the same. Because the Holy Spirit is equally important in our lives. Equally important. So not only is it equal parts God, equally important as Jesus and God. Have we really been treating it like that? I don't know, right? But I think that's where we can start to see our faith kind of dwindle a little. Things in our life can feel a little stagnant when we're really just missing out on this entire, this entire portion of God. We think we can get by on the two out of three, but we're really missing out on so much. Our faith can flourish when we acknowledge the value of the Holy Spirit and truly value all the ways that the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. And like with anything, I think a lot of these myths, including especially including this last one, we are kind of just using things that we see in our life, kind of these perceptions that we have, perceptions but maybe not reality like I said, who do we hear talking about the Holy Spirit? Who do we um, see maybe sharing those things in their life? A lot of times it's the people up on the stage or people in our lives that we at least see as holier than us, right? Whether we want to admit that or not, maybe that's what we're saying in our head. Um, I think there's a lot of aspects of, um, of our faith, of Christianity, that we see as some kind of ladder we have to climb something that we have to move up in ranks, right, to get to a certain point where then we will get the Holy Spirit. I don't even really like to think of it as a journey, even though that's a common, like, commonly used one, because even that kind of alludes to, like, like a video game in my head. My um, son and husband have been playing Zelda, so, like, that's what I think of, like, you know, you got to get all these different things. You're on this journey to get to the magical egg. I don't really know what the egg does, but maybe you do Zelda. <laughs> and so you're trying to get to this thing, to the Holy Spirit, where we're going to open that curtain, and there it is, because we're journeying towards this thing. But that's not accurate either. And if anyone in your life is telling you that um, you have to climb a ladder and reach certain things and do certain things, that's probably a red flag when it comes to Christianity because that's not the way it works. That's not the way salvation works. And that's not the way that the Holy Spirit works. Even biblically, right? When we look at the Old Testament, I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but God was at that time, before Jesus was here, right? Um, so long ago, that at that time, God was kind of picking and choosing who would have the Holy Spirit. He would send the Spirit upon someone um, and then give them, like, the power they need to fight that battle, right? To get that giant, to win that war, to save the city. There's so many examples of that in the Old Testament. In Judges, in particular, if you want to read 
that to kind of see how the Spirit was working upon selected individuals. But then Jesus came, right? And he changed everything. We talk about that all the time. Jesus changed everything, and he changed the way that the Holy Spirit was given to us. When Jesus was here, people got to experience the Holy Spirit with him, right? Alongside of him. They were alongside the Holy Spirit. And then when Jesus left, just like we see in John 14, 16 through 17, you will know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus is saying, we're changing this up again. Like, you don't just get hand-selected anymore. You don't just get to be, like, on the sidelines of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to be in you, inside of all of you. He doesn't say that this is just for select people, because just like salvation is a gift, so is the Holy Spirit. We don't have to do anything to earn it. We do nothing to deserve it. We can't access it by climbing the ladder or journeying to a certain level of our faith. When you accept God in your heart, when you trust Jesus in your heart, then you have access to the Holy Spirit inside you. You have the power of God inside of you from that moment moving forward. And like I said, sometimes we avoid it. We minimize it. We don't acknowledge it, but it's there. It's there. Not just for the VIPs, right? When we talk about this um, in Galatians 3, verse 14, if you want to follow along there, there's a verse here. Just kind of, again, just biblically even, there is no prerequisite. There's nothing that has to come before receiving the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's just belief. That's the one thing. Just belief and trust in God um, and Jesus in our heart. And so in chapter 3, verse 14 of Galatians, it says... The purpose was that the blessing of Abraham back in the Old Testament would come to the Gentiles by Christ Jesus so that we could receive the promised spirit through faith. Not through works, not through climbing a ladder, but through faith alone. That's it. I think just most of my life, not even knowing that I had the Holy Spirit inside of me. Like, I, th- I understood it was a gift, just not a gift I was receiving, right? And how much that unlocked, even in this last year for me, to be able to see that he is equally available. He is equally available to all of us. He's equally available and accessible to every person who has put their trust in Jesus. And like I said before, when we're minimizing him, we are missing out. I think a lot of times you hear people's baptism videos where um, they kind of feel this lift of guilt and shame in their life. And maybe that's your story. Maybe um, when you accepted Jesus in your heart, you felt that too, right? That some burden was lifted off of you. And you get to experience this new sense of freedom. And it truly is amazing, that surrender that you get to feel when you lift up your life to him, just saying, God, I believe in you, and I allow you in my heart, and I trust you, gives you a whole new outlook. Because Jesus does set us free. But the Holy Spirit is what keeps us free. It's what's continuing to intercede in our lives. It's what's working for us to keep us free on that journey. 
So if you're missing out on that, some of the consequences, some of the things that maybe you could be feeling are like your faith starts to feel a little dry, a little stagnant. Like I've been doing this thing for a while and I'm just not really feeling that alive anymore, right? Like that, that rush that I had when I got baptized or when I accepted Jesus or even when I was exploring and learning about faith, that I'm just not feeling that anymore. That could be because you're missing out on the Holy Spirit. Maybe you are feeling stuck in kind of a, a pattern and a circle and a spiral of guilt and shame in your life where you have this struggle and you just can't quite break it. You can't quite kick it for the long term, right? That could be because you're missing out on the Holy Spirit of the power that you just haven't unlocked inside of yourself. Maybe you struggle with pride. You're kind of putting yourself on a pedestal could be a sign that you're missing out on the intended purpose of God's love for us. Because when we fully, fully unlock that, then we can see what the Holy Spirit really is. Maybe some of you are in that season or you've been seeing people in that season where they've been struggling with their faith. Right? And it can make it really hard um, because even I think sometimes like that hypocritical view of Christianity starts to come out where we're like, well, I saw you got baptized or um, I know that you say you believe in Jesus, but I see you struggling with these things. Right? That can make it really hard. But the Holy Spirit has a power to transform. That supernatural power to break you out of that cycle. And we can tap into that when we can recognize and listen and dwell with the Holy Spirit we can unlock that supernatural transformative power that Pastor Taylor was talking about. So imagine in your lives, right? Imagine what that thing is for you. And imagine how would it change, how would your lives change today if you were currently living knowing that God is dwelling inside you? How would it change how you look at that problem in your life, whether it's big or small, if you looked at it as everything that is God is, is yours, is inside of you, if his power is inside of you, his wisdom is inside of you, his strength is inside of you, his peace, his joy, God has manifested himself through you. And now, how are you going to approach that problem? How are you going to approach that that thing that's been holding you back? How are you going to approach your faith differently? When you've unlocked that the Holy Spirit is equally God, equally important in our lives, and equally available inside of us, I think it could change a lot. It could change things in the big ways, right? Maybe it's softening your heart to forgive that person that you thought you would never be able to forgive or move past Maybe it's giving you the strength to walk away from something that's been holding you down, from that spiral of guilt and shame, that, that habit you can't quite kick. It can give you the power you need to do that. It's God inside of you. It can give you the confidence you need to take your next step, to step outside of your comfort zone, to experience a life you never thought possible. There are so many times I could tell you, like, did I ever think I would be right here talking to all of you? No, definitely not. That is the transformative power of the Holy Spirit working inside of, inside of me, but inside of all of you. There's so much you can unlock. And even in the small ways, when the day-to-day -day grind, the week-to-week -week grind gets to be a lot, like we've all been there. 
Now imagine approaching that with the power of God inside of you. You have his peace. You have his joy in your heart because you have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. So this week, what I, what I really want you guys to do, um, you can get into those um, action items, right? So get into John 14 through 15. Um, check out Don't Miss Out. Like I said, it's free. You really got, you're not going to miss out on anything there. Um, and then Forgotten God by Francis Chan is a great book to read. Like Taylor said, it's really a gut punch, though, so prepare yourselves for that one. Um, Don't Miss Out is a little, like, flowerier, so it's more my style. Um, and then um, Holy Spirit with the Bible Project. Like, take a picture of this. Jump into one of these, even if it's just reading your Bible this week, right? I challenge you to do that. <clears throat> because I want you to really reflect on the ways that he's working in your life recognize them for what is not coincidence or luck, right? Like you have a really great day. You're like, ah, luck is on my side today. Or coincidentally, look at that. I, you know, I met this person and it turns out that, hey, they can help me move this weekend. That's really convenient, right? Maybe it's not just coincidence. Let's recognize and realize where the Holy Spirit's working in our lives and put value in that. And pray, pray and talk to the Holy Spirit like he is the person that he is. Build that relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And for those of you who are maybe hearing this today, and you're just kind of unsure of what your next step is, because you're like, well, Caitlin, I haven't um, quite figured it all out. I haven't trusted my heart with Jesus. So you're right. I don't have that one thing I need to have the Holy Spirit inside me, right, to unlock that power. But it's okay. You can continue to explore these concepts. You can continue to explore with the things on the screen by praying and talking to God, to the Holy Spirit. That's okay. You don't have to have it all figured out. And when you're ready, when you're ready, all you have to do is just speak to him and let him know you accept the gift, the gift that you didn't do anything to deserve, but you accept it and you trust in him alone. It truly is. Sometimes we say it's not that easy, but it is that easy to get started. And if you need to talk to someone about that, you can talk to myself um, to, in the back. I'll be in the back today or to anybody else um, in leadership here, Pastors Taylor and Stephanie. Um, shoot us an email if that makes you feel more comfortable. But we'd love to walk with you through that, truly. So before I go today, I just want to challenge you guys to really reflect and remember these things. Maybe for you, it's drawing this little equal sign on your hand does anyone still write on their hand anymore? I feel like that was such a middle school thing to do, like give yourself a little permanent marker tattoo. But try to remember it, right? So that you can remember the equal ways that he's working in your life. So let us pray before we head into worship today. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, we come before you just in awe and in thanks and on and thanks of the ways that you are working. I just pray that these words today can help, help unlock an understanding that we didn't know was there. That we can move forward in our relationship with you with open eyes. Open eyes to the importance and value of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Open eyes to the relationship that we can build by just talking to you 
and recognizing the things and the ways that you are working and interceding for us and the ways that you are inside of us. Because it doesn't matter what we've done, what we will do, right? What we will continue to do as humans. We know that we are VIPs in your eyes, God. That we have your power, your wisdom, your peace, your joy inside of us. Help us to live like that. Help us to live differently because of the ways that you have decided to manifest yourself inside of us. What kind of God does that, Lord? Just truly amazing. So please just guide us. Guide us where you need us to go to continue to live. Live as if the Holy Spirit is working inside of us. And we pray this in your name. Amen.